What's going on and welcome into a March 1st edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. We've been on a couple weeks break since the Super Bowl. March is here and that means a Steve Buchanan-less podcast is back. And I, Julian Edlow, your host, will carry the weight for the next month, bringing on a bunch of college hoops guests. And that's pretty much all we're going to be doing until April when we do our NBA playoff preview. Um, so for the first occasion, uh, DK Nation, college sports Everything guy, Colin Sherwin joining. Colin, what's up? My man, how are you? Good to be here. Uh, it is March, be March 1st. It is. The madness is here. The John Rothstein tweets will be coming fast and furious. Uh, let's do this thing. I am excited. It, this, I, this is the most wide open field I think in my lifetime. Anyone can win this thing. Nobody's great. Nobody's terrible. Um, except for like Syracuse and, you know, a couple other teams they are really terrible, but like Florida state's terrible, but like everybody else is like kind of pretty good. Um, and I think you could see a lot of upsets. I think brackets are going to be wide, wide open this year. And I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. I feel more confident in who I want to go against in the big tournament, like higher level teams that I want to go against and the rest of who's left over that I don't want to fade, those are kind of the leftover teams that I think could win it in no particular order. But maybe we'll close off with some of those thoughts. Uh, before we get to conference tournaments and a couple March Madness uh, NCAA tournament thoughts, we got one big Saturday college card left. So keep in mind, we're recording this on Wednesday, March 1st. Um, so maybe when by the time you're listening to this, there's been some results that we don't necessarily reference. But General thoughts overall, uh, we, we know where we're going on Saturday. And let's start with this one because it's the one we were talking about before the show, and it's the one that producer Samir is whining and crying about his Pitt Panthers uh, that I have been all about all year. I keep betting them on the road. I keep betting them as underdogs, and they keep coming through. I like this team. But now they're going to go on the road on Saturday to Miami, which if Pitt wins, they win the ACC. If Miami wins, they're at least going to get some share with Pitt of the ACC, and we need to kind of sort through things that we won't know until Saturday um, in terms of what that conference seating will be. But obviously Miami is going to be heavily motivated here. The spot for me, you know, regardless of what the result of this Wednesday night Notre Dame-Pitt game is, Pitt is still playing a midweek road game in the conference and then has to come back and go on the road to Miami. Pitt beat Miami earlier this season in Pittsburgh, so revenge spot for Miami to start with. It's a motivational spot conference tournament seating-wise for Miami and and, uh, regular season champion-wise for Miami. And Miami has had the entire week off to think about blowing a 25-point lead on Saturday to an abysmal FSU team and losing that game. Miami's not going to crap the bed twice. They're going to be sharp for this Pittsburgh game. Ken Palm's got it at five. I would really like to lay four and a half if I can. Um, But if it's five, I'll probably play a little five and then maybe find a, a, I know you hate this, Colin, but I'll find a bigger favorite that I really like and use the Miami money line leg in there. Um, before we start to disagree and yell at each other, um, you can tell me why we're aligned on this game. Yeah, I, look, Nelly Cummings has been a revelation for Pitt. He was so good for Colgate. Like, he carried them to the tournament last year, and now he's at Pitt. 
uh, you know, doing really good. I, I really like this pit team too. They're definitely ahead of where I thought they'd be. Uh, Jeff Capel has been, you know, there, there've been a, a lot of great stories in college basketball that year. Jeff, Jeff Capel's not going to get consideration for anything like coach of the year or anything like that. He's put together a really, really nice team here in a year that he kind of needed to. Um, I like what they do. They score they They got some leaks defensively. That's for sure. Um, there are some times when you go out there and especially you can sort of bang him down on the post a little bit. Um, you can definitely throw the ball inside and score. Um, and in transition, sometimes not great, but otherwise I really like this team. I think they've been great. I think Miami's the most underrated team in the country right now. And that's after losing a 25 point lead in the second half, by the way, I had Miami minus 13. I stopped watching it at halftime. Boy, was <laughs> I surprised when I looked at that yeah. ticket. <laughs> I was, uh, whew, I did not see that one coming. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Isaiah Wong can get to the rim on anybody in the country. Yeah, uh, I think this team, their top seven is as good as anyone they share the ball. And remember, this is a team earlier in the year that I was kind of checked out on. You know, that that Georgia Tech loss was abysmal. Um, yeah. They got wrecked. And it was in a it was on a neutral floor tournament. And Maryland just took him to the woodshed. And I went, what is this Jim Laranyaga team? Um, are they going to be around? Is he going to be here next year? And they have just gotten better and better and better. This is a really, look, man, Jim Laranyaga is a Hall of Fame coach. And we got to put him in that conversation at this point. If he gets Miami you know, to a final four. I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's a hall of fame coach. He's already gotten them to an elite eight um, Miami, like in the ACC, like that's amazing. I really like this team. Um, they shoot it with extreme efficiency. They're really good. Um, but especially in two point range, you know, as a three point team, they're good, but I really like them when they can get to the rim. And I think they can get to the rim on anyone. I definitely think they can get to the rim on this pit team. So I think the matchup is good. I like the game. I like the team. I like the Canes to win uh, the conference tournament as well. I think they can do the double. I think the last time they did the double was like 2012 or 2013, where they won the regular season down the tournament. I think this is a team that lines up for that again. And I'm going to put, you know, like I'm going to buy a ticket for them for the Final Four as well. Final Four is one that I've been seeing a lot. I feel that one's a, maybe a little too aggressive for me. So That's like, it's it's just a matchup. What kind it's of a, it's you a, get? A, yeah. Right. It's hard to predict. It's not hard. It's impossible to predict these things before we see a bracket. Um, and then it's still close to impossible. But right. um, the Miami is one of those teams that I think once we get a bracket, remember, of course, DK Sportsbook will be putting up Elite Eight odds, Sweet 16 odds. That's where I think we can get a really good price on Miami. Not the Obviously, you get a great price. If you bet them to win it all, or go to the Final Four. I just don't know if it's fully realistic, the Final Four. I think pending the bracket a nice, you know, modest price on a Sweet 16 Elite 8 Miami run is what I'm going to be targeting. Um, We'll talk conference tournaments when we wrap up this Saturday card. Let's go a little faster and try and hit maybe like five, six, seven games here. Um, And I'll give the floor to you if you got some favorite ones. Um, But this this spot reminds me a little bit of Miami and Pitt. Uh, UCLA hosts Arizona. They obviously did a good job scheduling a lot of these rivalries and two clear-cut best teams and conferences against each other on the last regular season Saturday. Wasn't too hard to get this one right in the scheduling process, but they got it right. UCLA lost at Arizona earlier in the year. Since then, UCLA has been just terrific. Arizona's been terrific at times, but also shown to be very vulnerable, um, hence losses at Stanford, things of that nature. Um, 
I don't know. This one might be a little uncomfortable in terms of the amount of points that UCLA is is laying. Um, but this is going to be UCLA for or pass for me, or potentially the the dreaded money line parlay leg that I use with something. I kind of like over here. I think this opens like or that. Yeah, wasn't I the last one really low scoring? By the way, yeah, it was, and I think that's that was why kind of a weird it. rock fight. It was, and that's not going to happen. Very. I was one ten. The total total was one ten on that game. Yeah, um, way. They're going to be closer it, to two ten in this one than that. I yeah, think. I I think it's actually going to. I think it's going to open right around a buck and a half. Um, I look. I I think these teams are very very good. I went to the Pac twelve championship game last year where they played each other. Now Maturin is not there anymore, and it changes everything. Right. But basically, everybody from UCLA is back. Um, Juzang, Juzang, Juzang I, and Matherin both. I, Juzang, um, yeah, he left too. Um, but you know, I I see what UCLA does, and look, my goal when I'm in Vegas, I'm going to the tournament again this year. My goal out while I'm out there is for me and Jamie Jacquez to use our AARP cards and go get a buffet dinner together because that kid has been in college for 216 years. Um, his ability to score the basketball, he is the old man at the gym with the socks pulled up all the way who just pump fakes you and moves you around and isolates you and never makes the wrong decision and can shoot from anywhere inside half court and make it. I love his game. I, I, he doesn't translate to the NBA at all, but what he does in college is just like such a, a perfect setup. And that's what you need in March. You need a guy. Okay. We need a bucket, get him the ball. Everybody stand around and watch him. You know, if you want to, if you want to fake screen, you want to, you know, get him brush screen to get him a little started. Well, that's fine too. But basically you're going to give him space and then if you bring the double, somebody's got to be able to knock down that shot or be able to take that pass and get to the rim. Jock has said that as well as anybody in the company. I think they have also a good point guard who doesn't turn it over a lot in Tiger Campbell. Um, so, look, I don't like watching UCLA play because I don't like teams that that run a lot of iso ball and play a lot of drop. But I respect the hell out of them. I respect the hell out of this team. I think they're they're imp- maybe not improved from last year. Maybe they are improved from last year. They're definitely gelling better. Um, and I think they definitely defend better than last year's team did. Um, so I, you know, gun to my head, I'm probably taking UCLA, but this seems like a spot where it's points with Arizona and Arizona is one of my favorite teams in the country to watch, but Kirk Carissa, as Kirk Carissa goes, so goes that team. And it seems like Tiger Campbell can give him enough of a problem where, you know, Chris is going to turn the ball over when Tiger's in his shirt. And that's where I struggle with this particular matchup this year. Last year, I loved Arizona. They did win it. Um, and they did win the Pac-12 championship. This year, I think that the table turns a little bit, and I just think UCLA is going to be able to get enough. All right, we need a bucket. We get a bucket. And then they defend well enough that they're going to be able to slow Arizona down. So I'd lean UCLA as well. But for me, I think this is an efficiency battle, and I think both teams will be able to score a bunch. All right, some more revenge. We're moving to the SEC. Um, A team that I don't like, but that I'm going to be backing twice this week, is Auburn. Um, I have Auburn with the points at Alabama as we record on Wednesday, March 1st. By the time you're listening, you'll know if I win or lose. But regardless of if I win or lose, I'm going to be betting them at home as a dog against Tennessee on Saturday. Um, It's a good matchup for Auburn. The rock fight they had on a Saturday at Tennessee uh, early in February. These games will be about a month apart. 46-43 final, I think it was. And Auburn arguably should have been at the line shooting three free throws to send that game to overtime. And Tennessee, you know, I was on Arkansas with the points in that game on Tuesday night. Wrong side. Um, Props to Tennessee for sucking it up and getting there, particularly with Ziegler going down, torn ACL we now know, 
in that game, this is the game for Tennessee, the next game where that hangover has to kind of set in because it didn't set in in the home game on senior night. They kept rolling. Now you go on the road to a team that is looking for revenge from that last regular season game. I think Auburn as a short home dog is going to be one of my favorite plays along with Miami uh, on, on this Saturday card. What do you have this game at? Where do you, what, so do you think it's three? Do you think Auburn gets three I don't have, here on senior day? I don't have a good number yet because number one, we're still waiting for Auburn to play a game against a really good Alabama team. Number right. two, we got to see how they adjust for Ziegler being out for Tennessee I think it's a. I think I'll make myself look dumb maybe if I project project a number this early, but I do know that Auburn's going to be a short home dog. So yeah, if I'm getting like two and a half to four and a half, okay, I I'm going to take it. I think. So I I don't think there's two teams in the country that I would struggle to handicap more than these two. Uh, first of all, the, let's not forget the 46-43 rock fight uh, earlier this season. Yeah, which was I mean, points are at a premium if we're going to be scoring in the 40s. <laughs> I mean, that was just one of the most insane basketball games of the year. Um, so Ken, I, Ken, I, Palm, I, Ken Palm has it three, Colin, which... Yeah. So it's probably going to be shorter than three without Ziegler then, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And like, you know, I... I could this close pick? I don't think it opens pick. Right. Could it close pick? You know what I mean? Like, um, by the way, just let's just put I think Auburn that. wins. Put it that way. So if, he, if you're giving okay. me like a plus 120 money Auburn money line, like I think I would take yeah. that. Okay. That I, I, sounds about right to me. Um, so in that last, in that first battle, Auburn was 10 of 28 from two, three of 27 from three with 12 turnovers. Tennessee was 15 of 42 from two, two of 21 from three with nine turnovers. Why this is look, these teams can defend and get in your shirt and get after you. Um, I, I like you, you know, seeing t- now Tennessee played fantastic after Ziggler went down the other night. Um, well, really blew out, and they blew out a good Arkansas team. I like that team a lot. Um, I think that Arkansas team is a good test of how strong you are physically and mentally because they just come at you in waves. They are probably the team that you look at on your schedule if you're in the SEC and go, those are the guys I really don't want to play tonight. They just play so hard, and that's just been their signature under Musselman. Um, and they responded, and that Tennessee team doesn't always respond. That was at home. This team on the road, you know, lost to Kentucky, lost to Texas A&M, who they're better than, uh, and then losing to Vandy on the road. Come on, guys. Like, this, they, they really struggle away from home. You know, this has been a Rick Barton signature, his blowing mm-hmm. games like that, you know, going back to his Texas days. And – I, I struggle with this game. I don't really have a good feel either way. Um, the injury to Tennessee scares me. I, I would want plus money on Auburn, but yeah, I'm probably going to lean Auburn. You know, I'm not going to take it at, at pick, but you give me a couple of points, you give me a little bit of plus money line, I think there's still some value there to be wrung out. Where this opens and where you get it is going to be the key, I think. It's going to be a close one. Um, all right, let's do a few Big 12 games because that is clear in a way the best league in college basketball and the best league in college basketball in, in years. So... We'll start um, at the top. Texas is going to host Kansas now. Uh, we'll Again, we'll see what happens here on Wednesday night. TCU-Texas uh, game, which will play a role in if Kansas has already clinched the Big 12 regular season title or not, um, I believe. And if Texas is able to pull the road upset, then they're playing for a share. 
<clears throat> I have trouble with this one. I don't know if I'll necessarily play it. I if if Texas somehow wins at TCU, I might want to play a motivated Texas team at home with some revenge playing for a share. But it's tough to fade Kansas at this point in time. I wanted to bring the game up because I think it's a big game. I put it, you know, I wrote it down on it as a game I'm interested in betting in, but ultimately I don't have an opinion yet. Um, so do you want to just share some quick thoughts on this one? Yeah, for sure. First of all, do we, what is that number on Texas TCU tonight? Is it? I think it's gone up to Heck? three. Oh, wow. oh, no. TCU's laying three last I looked. Um, wow. I played them. I mean, everybody listening is going to know the result, but I played yeah, a minus sure. two and a half. Um, Good pick, and yeah. I thought at one and a half at one point in time. See, that's the thing is I think we're, we're, we're ahead of the gun here because I think TCU is going to be Texas tonight for sure. When, when TCU has Mike Miles um, and they're at home, they are a completely different basketball team. The effort and to talk about teams with great effort level, you know, it's Arkansas in the SEC and it's TCU um, in the Big 12. They just, their effort level is outstanding every single night. They play really, really hard. Um, when Miles is out there, they're just a completely different basketball team. It's not that he even gives them like huge stats. It's just the way he controls his leadership is, you know, whatever that point guard mojo is, he, he embodies that point guard mojo. And I think they're just a completely different team with him. So, um, I think TCU did. So I think that Kansas game then becomes a dead rubber. Kansas will already be the big 12 champion for, I believe the 18th time in 20 years, which is just preposterous. Um, so going to that, look, I, did I say Miami's the best team in the country? No, I don't think I said that. I said Miami's like the best team I in the ACC. Not. I, I think Miami's the best team in the ACC. Kansas is the best team in the country. Um, Kansas has just played like, look, they, I, to be honest, I, I did not watch the first half last night. I only saw uh, the second half against, against Tech. And you want to talk about a letdown spot. That is certainly a letdown spot. So I, I love this team. Look, Grady Dick is just, he was terrible last night, but he's giving them a dynamic that they weren't getting earlier in the season. And they've committed to defending. Um, you know, I, I think Kansas is playing better than anybody in college basketball right now. I think they can beat you inside. They can beat you outside. They have drivers. They defend, you know, top 10, top 10 defense, you know, in Ken Palm. And to get to that point from where they were defending earlier in the season to, to get back up to the point where they're a top 10 defense, that's, that's just elite. And I think they turn it up against big opponents. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm taking Kansas here. You know, I don't care conference title, not conference title, whatever. Kansas is just playing lights out basketball. And the teams that get hot right about now are the ones that tend to coast all the way through March. I think that's this Kansas team. Another Big 12 team that I think can coast through uh, March to a degree that I have some futures on in the big dance, Baylor hosting Iowa State. Iowa State just stinks. I was on them in the game that they collapsed, whatever it was, 20 up 23, I think, with 12 minutes left on the road at Texas Tech when Texas Tech was just the worst of the worst in the league. And since then, I've won a couple of first half bets on them. I've lost a couple of first half bets for them. If I like the spot for Iowa State, I will only bet them in the first half because they can't close games. They don't have ball handlers. They don't have shooting. They don't have what you need to close games. Now they're going to go at Baylor. Ken Palm's got this six on Saturday. Baylor is the team that I will lay the points with. Baylor is the team that I will link with Miami on a money line parlay. There's no way Iowa State is going into Baylor and winning this game unless Baylor just completely lacks all motivation and is just getting ready for the Big 12 tournament. Like They would have to pump this game for me to not like them. Uh, Baylor, Saturday, against a terrible Iowa State team. Senior day. 
Flow Thomas. And that that matters. They have a very veteran team. There you go. There's my narrative I need for why they're going to win this game. Flo Thank Thomas. you for pushing me over the edge. Here for you. Um, give me kind. I, I care about Kansas George's health. Like that matters. You know what I mean? Is it going to be out there? What do we got? Like I I need to know. You know, is he if he if he's a go? Give me Baylor. Baylor at home is a completely different basketball. Team. I've heard that Baylor. he might rest until the Big Twelve tournament. Okay, which I'm also that, fine with. So that means you might even be able to get this at like five. Maybe like, okay, even better. That's fine. Give me this. T- give me Baylor at home. Baylor at home has been a. They've been fantastic all season, especially when they got JTT back. Um, I, I feel like that that is just the the team that that they can be um, on an elite level. So I, I'm yeah, I like it. I I think Baylor. The problem with Baylor is, is that they are not the defensive team that they were when they won the national championship. They're just mm-hmm. not. Um, but they can score as efficiently as anyone. They can shoot it. They can get to the rim. They have multiple ways to beat you. They can beat you in transition, and they score a lot of points off of that defense. So, um, you know, it's a lot of make – you know, if you if you throw the ball inside or you can get to the rim on them, um, you're going to score. They don't have any – they don't really have somebody at the rim who can just, like, shut people down and, and, and defend at the rim. But if they can force turnovers and get out in transition and do some things as well, um, that's not as, as, as much a part of what they have been in the past – they can score. They got they got multiple bodies that can get after you. This Texas team, um, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But Iowa State, man, like what what are we doing here? They, I know they force turnovers, and they're really good at forcing turnovers. That's their that's their elite skill. But otherwise, they've lost four in a row for a reason. Um, and it's probably I guess it's more depth than anything. They just struggle with depth. And there's a lot of teams like that, especially in in some of these leagues. Um, and they just they don't have the bodies yet. But yeah, they're going to the tournament. It, I mean, it's not like they should be left out of the of the NCAA's. But you know, what are they in Ken Palm? They're like they're 20, 26 in Ken Palm. How do you leave them out of yeah. the NCAA tournament? Like, you know, they've played in a monstrously tough league this year. They got the losses to prove it. Oh, yeah, this is going a team for like sure. Yeah, I I feel like this is a team that going into the tournament is probably one that's gonna be a little undervalued against like some, you know, ten seed um from some other league. But in the in the in the Big Twelve. It's a different world. It's just a different animal this year. All right. We're sticking with the different animal, the Big 12, for what kind of appears to be a little bit of a meaningless game, but another team that is losing some steam, that would be Oklahoma State. They need to go to Texas Tech, who I strongly disliked earlier in the year, but they are now the team that is picking up some steam. They just gave Kansas a really good fight at home on senior night. They're home. Ken Palm's got this laying two. These are two bottom-of-the-league type of teams that are going in completely different directions I would have looked right past this game a couple weeks ago. I really like it this week. I will lay two, we'll call it. We're just going to keep using Ken Palm numbers. I'll lay two with Texas Tech at home hosting Oklahoma State. Yeah, same here. Look, th- those were two. The only part, the only thing that, uh, that scares me is those were two devastating losses for TCU. Those were two quad ones that were sitting right there. They are a you know, they could have played themselves back into some level of contention because when you play 15 quad one games a year in the Big 12, um, you could have played yourself back on. But the the collapses probably took them out. And now they're going to either at, at worst, I think they're going to need to make the Big 12 final to get in. So is that enough of a letdown where maybe they struggle? But it is senior day, you know, I. <laughs> These senior day mm-hmm. games, man, it, it, you know, I, and there are two senior starters. You know, a banner's not coming back. He's done. Um, and I, I wonder if, eh, I don't know. It, it's not, I don't think it's a great spot, 
but like, I, I mean, I'm definitely leaning Baylor. You know what I mean? I, you can't take that Oklahoma State team on the road. Who can trust them? So um, with only two points, yeah, and I understand that Texas, a- Texas Tech has definitely played better basketball. It just hasn't translated to wins, so that's generally a good spot for betters. Um, so yeah, let's let's take Texas Tech here. They probably they probably get it done. Um, I wouldn't lay more than like a possession though. I'm not laying ever laying more than three. Yep, agree. Um, all right, I'm gonna list. I'm gonna go through two more here, and then we'll go to some conference tournament talk before we get out of here. Um, Texas A&M is gonna be a home underdog to Alabama. Alabama keeps kind of struggling. I know they had a really good second half against uh, Arkansas. We'll see what they are Wednesday against, well, you'll know again, but we'll see what they are Wednesday against uh, Auburn. I think this is a tough road spot for them, um, and Texas A&M is just really good. I'm kind of interested in Texas A&M getting some points at home that just keeps getting the job done. Yeah, and they have a coach who I think has some really good experience in these spots um, in in Buzz Williams, who has just always gotten the most out of guys that, that aren't necessarily the most talented. Um, good coach. You know, going back to Marquette, even he, when he didn't have the mm-hmm. best players, he still found a way to get it done. Um, they're playing real well right now. Uh, how many is it? Like uh, before the Mississippi State loss, I think they'd won yeah, seven. Out, so they're going seven out of eight in the SEC. Like they're playing well. They've earned that ranking. Um, you know, for me, I, and, and the thing that they do real well is they just physical physicality, physical, physical, physical. And I think that, you know, that translates well. Younger Alabama team on the road. Yeah. Senior day, physical team, well coached. Very well coached. We'll make the right decisions. We'll not, and won't turn the ball over a ton either. And, and I think that that kind of matters. So tell me what I'm going to get here. I'm probably going to need more in a possession. Um, Three is Ken Palm. Yeah. I'm going to need more than three. Uh, I'm going to need, I'm going to need four, I think to bet it. Um, but the physicality on this one, I think, will be you know a, a real difference. It, it's really a difference in the favor of. Um, and then, at some point, is like the Brandon Miller thing ever going to catch up to Alabama? Like, is it ever going I mean, to it, like the the national did. spotlight? Yeah, it did um, against South Carolina, and it did for the first half of the Arkansas game. Right, but they won. And they still found they a way still to win. won. Yeah, I, true. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to lose? They're not covering, but are they going to lose a game? They're definitely not covering. Um, but you know, but for, at some point, just having that national glare and having that national spotlight, and having your coach just keep putting his foot in his mouth about the whole thing, you know, it's just it gets the media glare a little bit hotter than you want it. You know, there is I I can't prove this. I, I have no sustainable way to say this, but don't tell me that the way that the officials get assigned for games like this in the conference. Like, don't tell me that there's not an officials assigner who goes, oh, you know, Alabama really likes to run side pick. Maybe we find a ref who calls a lot of, you know, uh, you know, uh, bad screens. You know what I mean? Maybe we find somebody like that. Then they just can't get a call down the stretch. It just seems to be the way that the that college basketball works. I can't ever prove it. Um, but it, you just might not get a call in the right spot. And remember the difference with these teams sometimes, especially in terms, it's one possession, it's one whistle, you know, Things like that, that razor's edge. I just think those razor's edge things start to break against Alabama now. I agree. Um, last specific game we'll talk before we can just give out some rapid picks if there's any other you like on the Saturday card. But um, got to talk UNC Duke because it's UNC Duke. Probably doesn't mean what it used to mean. Um, but I am liking Carolina laying under possession at home probably. at Duke undefeated season at home, 16-0. and 0. They keep not getting it done on the road. Um, 
it's been a awful season for this Carolina team. Very veteran team now home Saturday against Duke for the senior day thing against a team that's all freshmen essentially besides Roach. I'm probably going to say this is a game that Carolina kind of gets it together like they got it together for the Virginia game and uh, beats Duke by more than a possession here. And they were very close in the road game at, at Duke, although they didn't they, cover. They didn't. Yeah, they were very close. And that was a bluff rate. Uh, Duke 11 and 19 ATS this year. Something I don't think a lot of people were as in. And that, you know, equally split their ban at home and their ban on the road against the spread. By the way, best team right. in the country against the spread, Samir? That would be your Pitt Panthers. Yes. Uh, 20 Which and 8 ATS happy. this season. So, um, Unfortunately, I think they're going to finish the regular season 0 and 2 against the spread. <laughs> just, just bring them back into karma. Again, you'll know what happens by the time you listen to this podcast because it's coming out Thursday. But the Wednesday night game, Mike Bray, final home game, Notre Dame, get a few points. So here's the thing. I think. In terms of incentive, I think you got to give that to Carolina um, you know, in terms of motivation because they are still, congratulations on the quad one, but they're still one and nine in quad one this year. And that's going to matter. And if like a couple of bid thieves pop up, UNC is not safe. They need this, mm-hmm. you know, um, depending on where Duke falls, you know, it's going to be a home game. They're going to want, ironically, UNC fans are going to want Duke to finish in the NET top 30. So that this game would count as a quad one because they need quad right. one wins, you know. Um, so they're going to want to beat Duke and then hope that Duke plays pretty well in the ACC tournament, most likely. I don't know. Can can this team throw the switch? I don't know. I mean, it's an awful lot of kids I saw play really well last year in the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and they're still coming back and they just can't seem to put it together for the life of them. I like Baycott. It just seems like at times he drifts. Um I don't know how I feel. I think Filipowski, I'm interested to see, you know, they talk about it at this time of year, the freshmen become sophomores. Can Filipowski take it to another level? Because I don't think Duke can get very far in either tournament, conference or NCAAs without him playing well. Um, So, you know, and I do like Roach as a player. I like Roach that, you know, he's got some veteran experience and he's been there before. So I kind of like, you know, remember the Duke team did make the final four last year. Like we all goof on them and they're not very good this year, but like, they got some tournament experience. They made a deep run. Yeah, they lost yep. the biggest game in school history, but like, you know, <laughs> it's still okay. Yep. Like, they're still really good. So, um, yeah, I, I would take UNC here in the spot just in that that back to the wall desperation thing. I'm not laying more than three though. That, this is just one of those where I'm never laying more than a possession. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, you know, my side, I think UNC gets it done, but I'm not giving a ton of points for sure. All right, a couple quick last rapid-fire Saturday thoughts from me. Um, Villanova is suddenly good. They were a team I was fading at the start of the year, and Villanova's coming together. A lot, Justin Moore being back has a lot to do with it. So give me Nova probably as a home dog to UConn. I think that's going to be one that I'll probably play. And then for a home favorite, Ohio State is just awful. Um, Michigan State, kind of veteran team, senior day, hosting Ohio State, probably going to be laying some point, a uh, decent amount of points there. A couple possessions, but um, probably go Michigan State there for me. Is there anything else on the Saturday card uh, that you want to wrap with, Colin, before we do like five minutes conference tournaments? Let me give you one point one thing out. Uh, Villanova game, it's at the Wells Fargo in South Philly. It is not on campus. They're not playing in Radnor. So okay. keep that in mind. It's a it, it's a different dynamic. It's a different game. I grew up like four miles from Villanova's campus. Yeah, I, I definitely it, don't like that as much. Yeah, it, it's, it's just a different dynamic. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they raise their game and they play really well in front of 20,000 people, but that's not what they're going to get for this UConn game for a middling Villanova team. It's going to be a half-empty gym. 
Um, and sometimes that gives them a little bit of a different look. So just keep that in mind. The other thing, and, and Julian, you know, I can't believe you haven't shared this with your, what, what do I text you? What team do I text you about? I, you need to text me on the nights they play. I don't even <laughs> well, know which one they are because there's, I don't even know which one they are because there's two of them. There's two of them. Uh, it's a San Diego. It's the University of California, San Diego, the member of the Big West Conference. Uh, UC San Diego first half. It's the best bet in sports. It never fails. Um, what you want to do is you just want to bet UC San Diego in the first half and then in the second half bet the other team. It's really what that nights simple. do they play this week? Uh, I let me look. They are playing on Saturday. They play Cal State Fullerton. And remember, UC San Diego is ineligible for the Big West tournament. So you will not get to do this in the tournament this year. So these Darn. are your last opportunities to get these bets in. They play Cal Poly tomorrow night at home. So you're <laughs> Thursday night, that would be. Uh, yes, Thursday night, excuse me. So on Thursday night, you're going to want to bet Cal Poly um, in the second half, but you're going to want to bet UC San Diego in the first half. And then on Saturday, UC San Diego first half, Cal State Fullerton first half. Thank me later. Um, send me a Starbucks card, lock it in every time. Okay. It's the most amazing trend in sports. We're doing five minutes conference tournaments here overall. So we're going to be real quick. I'm going to start. I'm going to, this is going to be the small conference section minute each or less before we go some bigger conferences. Here are my two small conference plays. One, I don't know what you'll feel about one. I know you're going to go against. I have uh, Youngstown state in the horizon. At plus 180. They're the best team there. I'm a little nervous that Thursday they have to play against Detroit and someone who's probably about to become the all-time leading scorer in college basketball, which is pretty amazing. Um, but they just need to win one one versus eight home game. And then they're off the weekend and they go to the neutral court. There'll be two neutral games, a Monday and then the championship Tuesday. Youngstown State was plus 180 on DK. It's down to plus 165, I think. I like the Penguins, which is the favorite to get it done. And this is probably the only other favorite that I'm going to give out before I give larger dogs in the big conferences. I played the Zags minus 115 in West Coast Conference. You're a St. Mary's guy. Gonzaga has, they're not the regular Zags team. I'm going to fade them in the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga has clearly proven they're the better team than St. Mary's. They outplayed them on the road for 45. Uh, sorry, this isn't the NBA. 30, for 36 30 minutes. minutes. 33. 30, 33, 33, sure. Well, outplayed not, them know, on the road. Yeah, 36. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I on, on the road for like 35-plus minutes, yeah. let go of the rope on the road in a tough game. No, 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 then, no, 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 don't say that. Aiden Mahaney took the rope from them. Aiden Mahaney, and that's why I love the St. Mary's team. Aiden Mahaney said, you know, uh, screw your rope. I'm taking it from you. And he played as lights out. As, as, that was as good a stretch of basketball as we've seen from anyone in college hoops all season long. And he's all right. Freshman. Well, he didn't have sight of the rope when they met again against Gonzaga, and the Zags smoked them. So we've got uh, 85 minutes of play, and Gonzaga has dominated, I'm going to say, 75 minutes of these 85 minutes. This line is stupid. If we saw this line here preseason and it was a St. Mary's Gonzaga pick them in the conference tournament, everybody would say it's stupid, and I'm not stupid. So I'm taking Gonzaga to win the conference tournament. Triple bye. You need to win one game, meet St. Mary's in the neutral final, mop the floor with them for another 40 minutes, and let's get this. So um, I was at this game last year. I was at Gonzaga-St. Mary's in the WCC final last year. I am going again this year. This, when this opened, was St. Mary's minus 115 and Gonzaga minus 105, and it's been bet this way. I get it. Gonzaga, I bet it my, Zags minus 115. It's up to Zags minus 125 last I looked. Yeah, and it's and that's where it is right now. Um, 
I get it. I understand it. I think, look, I, I short shrifted this Gonzaga team. Um, I think they showed it in, in that last matchup, what they can do. Um, you know, I, I thought that St. Mary's was going to be able to get to the rim a little bit easier on them than they did. Maybe that changes on a neutral floor. Um, not having, you know, remember the St. Mary's team, you know, the best player was freshman. So sometimes these kids on the road, you know, it's not like you're playing in like really rowdy gyms in the West Coast Conference on a regular basis. It'll be a little bit different dynamic, but Gonzaga Trout, it, it, I've been to that game. That game, that's going to be a home game for Gonzaga. They, yeah, yep. they, they, they plan their, look, they're not much to do in Spokane except fly to Vegas in March. And so they all show up. And so that'll be an interesting, I, I don't know if I'm laying 125, but I think at your price at 115 or maybe at even like even money. The thing five, about it is, yeah. is like, the thing about it is too, is like with those triple buys and having to win one game to get there, like we're almost just betting the game. That's exactly it would have to be a monumental know. upset. Like we're just betting the game. It's a money line play on the game, essentially. So the the only thing is, is that B, I think BY who's the three in that league? Um, I'm gonna look real quick. Sorry, this is not great. Right? It's now. Santa Clara, right? Is the are they the three? Yeah. Uh, yes, they are. Okay, so Gonzaga's get it Santa Clara, which means. BYU could technically give St. Mary's a pain in the butt too. I would almost rather be the two seed than the than the than the one. Um, St. Mary's yeah. got the one because both they they split during the regular season. They both lost to Loyola Marymount, so that was their their same loss. So it right. ended up the the tiebreaker was this their total ranking in the NET on Monday morning, and it was St. Mary's was seven and Gonzaga was ten. So that's why St. Mary's is the one seed. I'd almost rather punt the one seed and be the two because I think that better match. And that BYU team can just shoot the lights out at times and, and get on a heater and make your life difficult. Yeah, I, I can't. Look, I love St. Mary's. They've been one of my favorite teams to watch all season. I love that story. I love Randy Bennett. But I can't I can't back them here. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you got the right side. And that sucks because I believe me, that hurts. That hurts my soul <laughs> to say it out loud. And I'm going to be in the gym screaming for St. Mary's, but I can't bet them. <laughs> all right. Um, a few rapid fire I'll give before we get out of here and you can do the same. Um, and we don't have odds for major conferences up on DK. So we're going ballpark here based off of kind of the market that is out and we'll see what comes out. Uh, Miami. I know there were some really good prices, maybe some six to one. Let's call Miami like four to one. I'll, I'll, I'll put that out. Um, Kansas and Baylor are both around like three and a half to four to one in the big 12. I would be shocked if it wasn't one of them pick your poison there. Um, but I think one of them does come out of that, even though it's such a terrific conference, uh, Indiana five to one, six to one in the big 10. I can't believe what happened to them on Tuesday night. Uh, it wasn't even them as much as just how ridiculous Iowa just carried the momentum of an insane overtime victory somehow onto the road and shot the lights out. Indiana's stuck it to Purdue twice. Uh, I think they're the best team. They were the preseason favorite in that conference. I think they're the best team. We're going to get like a 5-1 to one number there. I'll take Indiana and the Big Ten to win that tournament. And then the SEC, I'm splitting up almost three ways. It's basically an Alabama and Tennessee fade, which gets you the prices. I think an A&M, an Arkansas, or a Kentucky could do it. I know you like two of them. You don't like Arkansas, but... Those are all teams that are going to be in the six to one, eight to one, ten to one range that I think are worth betting in the SEC, and I'll take those three teams over the two favorites. I saw Flyer Kentucky plus one thousand, and I did grab it. Um, I, so- yeah, I, it's going to be it's going to wind up now being like five or six to one, but yeah, I'll do it. 
Yeah. I mean, when I got it, I, I was like, I just can't, there's the talent. I just can't fade mm-hmm. the talent, you know? And it, and it all depends on bracket and matchup and all that kind of stuff. I understand that, but you know, if you get a chance to get a number down like that. I mean, um, we remember when that Julius Randall Kansas team got an eight seed and went to the championship national absolutely. national championship. <laughs> absolutely. So here's the thing with Indiana. And this is why I kind of love that bet a lot. Um, they defend and they always have the best player on the floor. So those are two things that I think could translate, especially in a tournament, you know, both tournaments. Yeah, no, I think in both tournaments too. Uh, I agree. Trace Jackson Davis, you know, I'm not going to say he's the best player because, because Zach Eadie's the best player in the country, but Trace Jackson Davis is number two. And Mm -hmm. I think he, his ability to score every single way possible, he can shoot the three, can post you up, he can drive, he can get other teammates involved. He's, he can be when he needs to be a willing passer. Um, I really, I like his game. I think it translates well. And this Indiana team, you know, if you look at their Ken Palm, they're 50th in, defe- in defense. But we can see them turn it up on teams, and we they have done so repeatedly. The, the thing that I think is most amazing is that Jackson Davis is getting all these buckets and, you know, putting up record numbers in the Big Ten. And they are 354th in the country um, in three-pointers to two-pointers. Like, they don't shoot a lot of threes. They just do it. They just get it done at the rim. You know what I mean? They take mid-range jumpers. They do it. Mm-hmm. And he's just so efficient anyway that it, it bails them out. Um, so I think there's two different teams in, in, in Indiana. I think they defend better than the metrics have shown. I really like that Indiana team in that tournament, and I'll be on them. Um, if Would you say that price was 6-1? to one? Plus 600? 6-1 to one I've seen out there, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I would, I would be on that. Um, all right. That hopefully is a March appetizer for you all. Um, and there's obviously plenty more to go down and plenty more content to come. Um, but thank you, Colin, for joining and getting us our, our getting March started uh, for us. And this this last Saturday of the regular season, I'm really looking forward to. And then it just carries right into, you know, I'm hoping on Tuesday night I've got both Youngstown State and Gonzaga alive going into those games. Um, but you like Youngstown, right? You like that team? Oh, They're both. playing for their first ever conference, uh, first ever March Madness appearance. Yeah, go Penguins. Um, I, I agree. I like that, that. You know, I, I, do th- I hope that uh, the kid from Detroit gets the record tonight, although it took him 120-some games. It took Pete Maravich like 77. Right. He, he can have the record, just game. don't win the game. Yeah, have the record. You know, go get, go get 40 tonight, kid, and lose by 20. Um, I agree. <laughs> I think... I think Youngstown State is is definitely the play. There's, you know, if if you if you want a flyer, Chattanooga plus twelve hundred to win the SoCon, get in there. Yeah, get your flyer. There's my flyer. Uh, that's me. You know, scraping numbers and going down and watching some bad basketball on ESPN Plus all season long. Chattanooga, you know, and especially when they get into this tournament, they can they can make a run. So give me UTC in the twelve hundred. I like that flyer. All right, guys, thank you for listening to Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Uh, We will be back next week. More March Madness content. Good luck with all your plays. Enjoy conference championships. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.